Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by The Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org. Michelle, Randy, and we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Joe Vitale is in his old stomping grounds down in the Valley of the Sun where the Blues will take on the Arizona Coyotes tomorrow. Joey V, how you doing? Randy, doing doing well. Got in late this morning, and uh, but up and at him to do my favorite hit of the week with you two. Okay, first thing I got to ask then is, did you have a place, was there a spot when Joe Vitale was a member of the Coyotes where you hung out or where you had dinner? Like if somebody from St. Louis is going to Phoenix, Scottsdale, you tell them, you got to go here. You know what? I think there's one spot I would recommend, and I'm actually going to go there today to meet up with a couple friends. It's called Kierlin Commons. It's in Scottsdale. I'm not sure if you guys have been there or not. Yep. But it's it's yeah. It's like the it's like a shopping little strip, um, high end shopping, good coffee shop. Press Coffee is one of my favorite coffee shops there in, in Scottsdale, and they have a place called True Food. And it's the lunch spot there right in the kind of center of the commons there. And, and it's kind of this organic, just kind of fruity tooty uh, lunch joint I used to love to go to. Or you always left feeling good about what you, what you, how you treated your body that day. And I would always go there. And, again, it's just, it's just fun people watching. You know, people in Scottsdale, that's one thing I learned quickly when I went out here. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in Sunset Hills in St. Louis where everyone's kind of blue collar and wears their Levi's. But you come to Scottsdale, everyone's a model. Like everyone's walking <laughs> around and, and, they're, and they're dressed to the nines. And, and you got to always make sure you're, you're dressed to impress even when you're going down the street for the grocery store. But certainly fun energy in the city. Okay, so it's 80 degrees all the time in Phoenix, in, in Scottsdale. M- M- Joey, you and Michelle are both coffee connoisseurs. Is coffee consumption different when it's 80 degrees every day as opposed to when you have a lot of 20, 30, 40, 50 degree days like here in St. Louis? Yeah, I think it's, you know, Michelle probably could attest this too. I think it just depends on on the weather and, and how you decide to get your caffeine intake. You know, for me in the 80 degree weather, it's mostly iced coffees, which is um, definitely an amazing thing. And, and the, the cold brew is certainly uh, been a great thing uh, in the last probably 10 years or five years rather. But, uh, yeah, a lot of cold brew, a lot of iced coffees here in Scottsdale because you're right. It, it, it is just sunny all the time. And that and that's what was kind of hard here playing here was, you know, we, we were we were bad a couple of years. And the, and the Coyotes have been atrocious for a long time now. And I'm sure Clayton Keller could, could understand what I'm about to say here. But you you leave the rink. You're in a six-game, seven-game losing streak. You're already out of the playoffs. Again. What, what, whatever the situation was in Arizona – you leave the rink and you step outside and you feel like you're in paradise. So you just kind of like very quickly you turn the page and you start forgetting about your worries with the hockey rink. You know, it was very different for me when I was in Pittsburgh, where if you lost two games in a row, you step outside and 
and it's like dreary and cloudy and rainy and cold, and you pull out of the rink and you have fans that are booing you and telling <laughs> you to pick it up. I mean, it's just you realize that you gotta you gotta win, you gotta succeed in order to be in to survive in the city. But but Scottsdale is very different. That's that's why I really admire what the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Florida Panthers have been doing because of how good the weather and lifestyle it is there. They seem to turn the page pretty quickly. Well, somebody who did turn the page is Jordan Bennington, Joe. He gets the win again last night, his fourth in a row, 20 saves. Randy and I were talking about this a little earlier. It's not that we don't have confidence in Billy Huso, but he's not battle-tested in the postseason. With the recent stretch that you've seen from Jordan Bennington, has the thought creeped in your mind that maybe you would consider putting him in net for Game 1 of the playoffs? Yeah, I think it's really interesting, and I knew this about four starts ago when he started there in Buffalo, that he had this opportunity, and he knew the opportunity, right? He got the new pads, he was feeling good about some things, and he knew there was a stretch of hockey here where there was a lot of back-to-backs, and it was a compressed schedule, heading down the stretch, so he knew he was going to get games. That that was certain. Now, now the biggest thing was, how was he going to perform? And I think over the last four starts, you know, he's been terrific. I looked at the game last night, you know, you allow that first one right between the legs on the first shot of the, goal, of the game, you're like, oh boy, this is maybe why, why Billy's our guy. But then you look the way Jordan battled back. You know, he, he accumulated 20 saves in that game. And, and 20 saves is okay, but it, it's really the quality of the ones late in that third period as the Blues only had the one goal lead. A couple of two-on-one breaks. Uh, some on-man rushes his way. A couple backdoor tap-in saves he made. The glove save he made there on Benino with about four or five minutes to go in the game with the one goal game was, was what Jordan Bennington does really well. He makes those timely saves when you need them, and he's been doing it over the last four or five games um, terrifically. So this is going to be the, the decision now for Craig Berube. I think that the decision has not been made. Uh, I think it was much clearer a week and a half, two weeks ago. But now you got Billy Huso, who I would imagine would start tomorrow against the Coyotes. That would put Bennington back in versus the Ducks on Sunday. And then ultimately, I think they're going to try to see what Billy can do versus Colorado um, at the end of this road trip. I think they just kind of want to see what's there. They, they know what's there from Bennington. They've seen it over the last few seasons. It hasn't gone all that well. And they want to see if Billy can maybe uh, present something to Colorado that, that Jordan hasn't. And so that's why I think that Billy's going to get that Colorado start. And I think ultimately, whatever decision he makes, that goalie will play against the Vegas Golden Knights in the final regular season game. Um, you can go either way. I think Billy has been playing more consistent, has been playing better all season long. But then you got to look at how Bennington's playing as of late. I mean, what have you done for me lately? And Jordan certainly has been there uh, from a high-quality level, as well as Billy has. And, and I think these are one of the, t- the toughest decisions that a hockey coach has to make. A hockey coach doesn't have to make too many decisions. It's, it's really kind of straightforward. You have the players there. Maybe you tweak the lineups here and there. But the goaltending decision, that, that to me is always one of the biggest ones. And I think it's probably going to be something that Craig Berube um, – just goes with his gut on, and and that's really important too. Because you know, when we go with our gut on anything, uh, that's kind of our immediate understanding. That's like our body's physical way of telling us what what should happen. And it's only when thought kind of invades and confuses. So uh, I know Craig Bruby; he's a simple man. I think he'll go with his gut. That's not a, not a bad way to go. It's a it's a good way to go. Hey, uh, Joey, my gut tells me that Joe uh, or that Robert Thomas is going. I was going to say Joe Vitale is going to become a hundred point scorer in the NHL. I think we passed that pro- uh, opportunity. Nice. <laughs> Would have been nice, but I think Robert Thomas is going to be a guy that we probably go into season saying, okay, we can write him down for a hundred points. We can write him down for twenty five and seventy five. You know, it's it's going to be something. I think I think one day in his career he, he could hit that plateau. To me, I've always found him to be, you know, that his potential or the, the ceiling for him to me was always that that kind of twenty fifty, which he's at right now. I mean, um, I think he could hit eighty this year, which would be incredible. I think it would be a career year for him. Uh, but I think this is something that eighty can turn into eighty one one year, and then maybe even the nineties one day hundred possibly. I think it just really depends 
on on the people around him. And right now, he just has uh, the best wingers right now around him and Pavel Buchnevich and Tarasenko that are putting pucks in. But, you know, you look at his whole game, and this is something that he did very well over the summer, is became more of a shot-first person, uh, something that Keith Kachuk worked with him quite a bit about, the mindset of, you know, you have to be a shot threat first. If you're a shot threat, then other passes will open up. I think he's really... He's really struck that balance, you know. But but I but I say that his success this year has really kind of fallen through uh, the people around him. You know, Vladimir Tarasenko's at his very best. You know, he's physically as healthy as he's been in a long time, and he's clicking on all cylinders. That helps when you have that kind of guy on your wing. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich is, like Craig Booby said, probably one of their best 200-foot players on the team right next to Ryan O'Reilly. So he's got that on the other side as well. So I think that, you know, it's, it's the compliments, it's the relationships, it's everyone that's really, really been around him. And my favorite uh, moment of the game, last night was right after he scored that power play goal in the second period to put the Blues up 2-1. to one. It wasn't necessarily the goal or the streak continued, but it, it, was the, it was the reactions and it was um, everyone on the team coming up to him and giving him an extra hug, an extra fist pump. It was players on the bench who were two or three bodies down that came all the way down to give him a knee tap. It was every coach coming up behind him and give him a little pat on the back or, or, or fist. I mean, that to me is one of the underlying reasons why I think Robert Thomas is continued to propel himself forward. I think it really just battles, you know, or not battles, but it all really comes down to uh, his relationships and, and how connected he is with not only his line mates, but his team. Um, you know, it's funny, uh, uh, Michelle Monte, he's one of my favorite philosophers, French philosophers of all mm-hmm. time. I know we talk a lot about philosophers here. Mm-hmm. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's something I was thinking about last night when I was seeing Robert Thomas out there with all his buddies and, and feeling good. And, you know, he, he, you know, Michelle would talk about how uh, love, love is a fusion, right? So I, and I tell this to my, my kids I coach hockey with all the time. I say the best teams, the best teams that win championships are, are in fact the best teams, right? You know, it's, it's one of those things where hockey is a specific sport and it's very different than a lot of other sports because you look at, you look at baseball, you can have Adam, Adam Wainwright on the mound and he's just wheeling and dealing. We've seen that before, um, but it's an individual that's kind of taken over the game. You look at basketball, LeBron James, there's no reason for LeBron James ever to come out of the game. He's the star player, he's the number one player, and he never has to come out. He can take over that game. So you can go through all these different sports, bowling, golf, whatever, right? There's so many individual people that can take over a game. Hockey is one of those weird sports where um, you, you have players that are s- superior. You have players that are some of the best in the world with Connor McDavid and, and, and Sidney Crosby and right now Robert Thomas. But, but the reality is they're only playing between a third and a half of the game if they're lucky. I mean, quite frankly, it's probably a third if you're a forward. Um, sometimes a fourth if you're a forward, and you're lucky if you play a third as a defenseman. So you're only playing like a small chunk of this game. Now, what does that mean? It means that it means that you need everybody. You need everybody, and, and it's that it's that humbling feeling on the bench where you may be something, and your line mates may be something great, but you're only as good as the line next to you. And, and that's and that's what's impressive about like Robert and this team, and why I think this Blues team is just going to make another run at it. Uh, but getting back to it, sorry, I got a little sidetracked here, but, you know, the philosopher Michelle Monte would say, they love, love is a fusion, right? So I tell my young kids, if, if you want to be great in this sport, you've got to come together as a team. So I, I always put my hands out in front of me, and I, I spread out my fingers, and I say, when, you know, when, when two people meet, you know, you're, you're obviously you're curious about each other, um, but then there has to be a level of commitment, and then you can fall in love, right? People think that, oh, you, you meet, you fall in love, and then you decide to commit to something. But that's, not, that's not true. Michelle says it is, um, you meet something, or you, you, you encounter something, and you're curious about it. You know, think, think of you and your spouse, or your boyfriend, or your wife. You met them, you didn't love them right away. You, you, were, you were curious about them, and then you decided, okay, I kind of like this person. Uh, how much commitment do I want to put towards them? And then you decide that level of commitment, and then based off of that commitment, then you either A, fall in love, or B, you fall apart. So that's what, what's happening now, I think, with 
with Robert Thomas. And, and when, when young kids see this and you see it with Robert and his line mates and his team right now, and this Blues team's at its best right now because of it, it's that fusion of you take both your hands in front of you and you spread out your fingers and you bring them closer and closer and closer and closer. And eventually they're going to meet and then your fingers are going to intertwine and they're going to get kind of confused in all this big ball of, of love. And then, and that's where the fusion begins. And, and this is important because once your, your hands are connected and they're fused together, um, you don't, you almost don't know which hand is which anymore. And that's, and that's what um, a good relationship and a good teammate is. And that's what a good, good, a good team in general is where the reality is when the right hand gives to the left or the left hand gives to the right, uh, follow me here. Hopefully you guys had your coffee this morning. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we're, we're all right doing it with our hands. We're doing it with our hands. Yeah. So, you know, so when the right hand gives to the left or the left hand gives to the right, okay. um, you, you actually, you don't even know where the giving and, and the receiving is coming from anymore. And that's mm-hmm. why it feels so good. It feels so good when you give, like people always say it's in giving when you receive. Well, this is why, because you're actually giving to a part of yourself. You know, you look at last night's game, like Robert Thomas scores that goal, but his line mates were more happy for him than probably he was happy. Like Pavel Buchnevis and Tarasenko's smile was greater, and they were more happy for Robert. Why is that? Because they were actually giving to a part of themselves, because that's what good teams have. They have that fusion where the relationship is so strong and so tight that they're happier when other people succeed. Joe, that was amazing. And Sorry, I'm, I got, I'm, I got a little no, awesome. I got about four hours of sleep. No, that was beautiful and poignant. And you're right. This Blues team is very fused together. They love each other. You're right. We can see it on the ice. We can see it when they're sitting on the bench. It's a great It's a great example. Um, so home ice advantage still up for grabs, but we know that the Wild are locked in as the Blues' first opponent in the playoffs here. The Blues have had their number this, this season, but what do you expect out of the Wild in that opening series? You know, I think it's going to be a. I think it's going to be a battle. I think it's going to be physical. I think it's going to be emotional. I don't know if you guys have seen it on social media, but but they're starting to circulate these Hartman, these Ryan Hartman shirts with him giving the bird. Yes. Uh, <laughs> up and they're saying it's on the bottom. It says Minnesota nice. Well, obviously, obviously, after he flipped off of Vander Kane, and uh, we all saw what the craziness of Vander Kane's wife donating. I mean, that was all circus in itself. But now the Wild fans are, are certainly doing their part, and they're all printing out these shirts with Hartman flipping the bird and saying Minnesota nice. So it's going to be a lot of that. It's going to be a lot of emotion. I think it's going to be a physical battle. I think if the Blues can contain uh, some of their top scores like Kirill, um, Hartman's playing, Fiala's playing great hockey. Uh, they are having some new bodies come back, which the Blues haven't seen. I know the record is certainly showing the St. Louis should have an edge, but with Mark andre Fleury maybe getting a start, you know, the Blues numbers aren't as good as on as Art Talbot's. Dumba could possibly be coming back. Greenway's another one. But I think at the end of the day, you look at all the, the matchups and the goal scores and the physicality and the emotions tied into it. I just think that the wild card to me is always going to be experience, experience, experience. You know, in playoffs, experience just means so much. You have so many Stanley Cup champions on the St. Louis Blues team that have made that run recently back in 2019. You got Brandon Sod, who's a multi-cup champion. You know, you, you have you have players that, that have – Nick Letty's another one, obviously. You have players that have gone the distance, and that means something, right? Because in playoffs, you have to manage what? You have to manage those ups and downs. You have uplows, the peaks and the valleys, right? You, you, you're down in the series 2 nothing. A young team think it's, thinks it's over, right? They're already kind of ridden the ship. But a veteran team that's been there before, that's one of those situations before, it has going to be proven to show up the next day and just go back to work. You know, this is a Blues team that went to Dallas on the brink, playing in Dallas, and they came up there, they win that game, and of course they win game seven. They've been in situations like that. It's just, um, it's called the hedonic treadmill, where in life you, you, you have these amazing highs and you think that life can never get better, right? We've all gotten that job, we've met that person, we've gotten married, we've been on vacation in paradise, right? This is life, right? This is as good as it gets. 
And then within a couple of days, it kind of falls back down. You're like, man, I, I guess it's not as good as I thought. And then the opposite side, you, you lose a friend. You, lo- you lose someone. Your parents get divorced. Something really bad happens in your life. And all of a sudden, after a few days, time goes by, and you're kind of, you kind of level out. So it's the hedonic treadmill of life. You kind of find your way to balance whatever is whatever is happening. And I think this is what the Blues will do so well. You know, I went to Animal Kingdom down in Disney World. I'll never forget it. This is a perfect example of hedonic treadmill. I'm over there at the Animal Kingdom. We're, we're, we're at the resort. And our door, our patio door opens up into, like, this wild safari with, like, lions and giraffes and all this stuff. We get there. The kids are all pumped up. We open the, we open the balcony to go outside. And there's literally, guys, there's a giraffe, Michelle Manny. There's a giraffe, like, eating from a grape tree. Like, I'm, like, 20 feet away from this thing. I'm like, whoa, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. My kids, come here. Look at the giraffe. The giraffe eating a grape leaf. I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. Where are we in Africa? The kids are going bananas. I'm going bananas, right? And then I remember two days later. After having a great trip to Disney World, I open the balcony. I'm like chewing my cereal. I'm like, oh, honey, the giraffe's back. You know, you just kind of like, <laughs> right. no big deal. Like, whatever. Like, this is a giraffe eating. But, but that's the point. The point is that, you know, the highs don't remain high forever and the lows don't remain low forever. And I think the teams with the best experience that can manage that hedonic treadmill, that can understand that even though when you're down, things can get back up. And even though you're up, you got to humble yourself and you got to be patient because things can go back down in a hurry, too. So you have to keep the foot on the gas. It's those kind of emotional um, strategies that I think the Blues certainly are going to have that, to me, is definitely going to be the wild card when you're looking at this matchup down the stretch. Joe, because of your curiosity and your knowledge, we know that you have not just one, but an array of philosophers that you utilize. Would you mind if you become the official philosopher of Carriker and Smallman? Wow. Big, Ooh, big, big. Wow. That, this is huge. I don't, know, I don't know if Ralph Waldo Emerson would approve of me being in that class, or certainly Aristotle or Plato, uh, some of my uh, on the uh, Mount Rushmore, my philosophers. But I, I, appreciate, the, uh, I appreciate the thought. I would I would love to continue to do my best every Friday morning, but that's the best I can do. I, I don't think I'm anything more than that, though. You're outstanding. And by the way, just to circle back, one philosopher that went with his gut was Buddha. <laughs> hey, it worked out pretty well for him, didn't it? <laughs> it sure did. <laughs> Joey B. That's, why, that's where you get the term Buddha belly from, right? <laughs> yeah, you got it. Have a great weekend. We'll be tuned in tomorrow night. Enjoy your day in the Valley of the Sun. All right, Michelle, Randy, you guys have a great weekend. You're the best. See you later. That is Joey V on 101 ESPN. The hedonic treadmill is a metaphor for the human tendency to pursue one pleasure after another. That's because the surge of happiness that's felt after a positive event is likely to return to a steady personal baseline over time. So you totally get the giraffe story, right? It's a perfect example of what the hedonic treadmill is. And I wonder if you have that when you're playing in Arizona, as Joe was saying, you Mm -hmm. leave the rink, it's sunny every day, you're chasing that high every day. Ask people that live in Denver. Yeah. Do you, when you walk out the door, do you always look up at the mountains? No, it becomes just part of it. You're just looking down. You're going out to the car. Right. It, it becomes part of the landscape rather than being something really special that should cause you to take a deep breath every single day. Like a day yesterday here in St. Louis where we all yeah. lose our minds because it's sunny and in the 70s. Yeah. So we need to appreciate that stuff. We need to appreciate life. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. 
TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.